Welcome back to Straight to DVD. Raph, welcome back. What's up, dude? Dude, we're back to the old... Old school. Old school, all the time, old style. Hell yeah. Back on the classic audio, no face. AM, FM radio style. Hell yeah, dude. 101.1 CBS FM. That's that's us. Let's go. Dude, 1010 wins. Um, It's good to be back. Traffic on the 10s. Here on the Spotify's and the, the Apple... And all that jazz, wherever you're listening, it's good to be back. Uh, if you've been tuning in to our volume episodes, thanks for being here again. Hell yeah. On AMFM Radio. Uh, Raph, what are we talking about today? Something just came out. Something did just come out a couple weeks ago. I feel like people have been waiting, not for this movie, but just for us to be back on this format. I think so, too. I think so. I don't think people like... Looking at us? Be, yeah, we have we have faces for radio. Right. I don't think people like uh, having to, to block out specific hours of their week to listen to us. Sure. I, they, I'm sure that's what everybody wants to be doing on a Monday from 7 to 9. Yeah, they want, they want to be able to listen to us whenever they want to. Right, when they're, you know, eating their Chipotle yeah. or riding the F train. Yeah, or, yeah, to their miserable job. Right. Or sitting at their miserable job. Exactly. Yeah. That's, you know, that's what we do here. Really. That's what we, we're here. We don't review movies. We provide entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> we're here to get you through the day. Exactly. Not waste your time on a Monday evening after you've had a long day. Right. We don't like, want to waste your time like a straight to HBO Max movie. No, we don't want to do that. No, but that's what we're talking about. We are talking. Was this was a straight to HBO? This was Max. HBO Max. It might have been one of those like duo same release theater uh, right. HBO Max same day kind of deals. Yes, and the film to which we're referring is, of course, King Richard the Third, King Ricardo, King Richard, starring Will Smith. Yeah, dude, he's back. He's back. I feel like this is probably his first movie in a while. I think it's his first film since Aladdin. Oh, I forgot he was in Guy Ritchie's Aladdin. Yes. Weird movie. That's a whole other... Have you se- you've seen that? I have seen it, yes. I watched the first 10 minutes on a plane and... You turned it off. I turned it off. I don't blame you. I couldn't get through it. Uh, the movie is terrible. He was okay, but the movie was terrible. What a weird director to choose to make a live-action Aladdin movie. Yes, what a weird decision to make a live-action Aladdin movie. Yeah, but that's a that's a conversation that's, for, yes. for that that has nothing day. to do with Venus and Serena Williams. No, <laughs> um, so far as I know, uh, yes, this is the film King Richard about the father of Venus and Serena Williams, Mr. Richard Williams, Mr. Dick Williams, yeah. uh, King Dickard, and about uh, his family life and him raising the two. Two of the greatest athletes of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what this movie's about. Yeah. It's a lovely story about a, a, a dad with a plan. Yes. Um, any sports film mm-hmm. that's dealing with the parent mm-hmm. of the stars, or stars in this case, going into it, you already know what it's going to be about. Yeah. You know the outcome. Yes. I wonder if Serena and and Venus will end up being two of the greatest tennis players of all time. Right. Um, And any time you cast an actor like Will Smith, Mm -hmm. who, by the way, I I think I believe I texted you this, I'm thrilled to see trying again. Yeah. Good for for Will Smith. Yes. Good for Bill. (laughs) He's uh, Billiam. Billiam Smithers. He's, He's... he, this is, it's funny, I texted, you watched this before me. I did. And, uh, and I remember I said to you, I really hope that this is Pursuit of Happiness Will and not Aladdin Will. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and this, for all intents and purposes, is Pursuit of Happiness Will. Yeah. Um, which I was very pleased to see. That said, don't get me wrong, the yeah. movie itself is not Pursuit of Happiness level. No. Pursuit of Happiness is probably his best movie. Without question. He's also said this, officially. That that's his best movie. That, Men in Black 1, and maybe Ali was his other okay. third. I'm not I've sure. never seen Ali. I've never seen Ali either. I've heard he, he was good at that. He was nominated for that. Yeah. I, that's the thing with Will Smith is, well, not the thing, but a thing about Will Smith mm. is he's, he's, he's a movie star. He's yes. one of the last living movie stars 
like the last two movie stars that we've really had were Tom Cruise and Will Smith. That's exactly the other person I was thinking. Of. Right. They're like, you go to a movie because it's a Will Smith movie. Right. It's never the director. It's never a property or whatever. You're going to see Will Smith. Yes. But I think there was a time in like the early and into the 2000s where Will Smith was very much so just Oscar chasing. Yes, he was. And it seems like he still is. That is what this feels like. <laughs> and for sure. I think at this point, like, maybe we just give it to him so we, like, stop feeling bad for him <laughs> at this point. That's true. Because he, 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 we know that, we can tell that he wants it so bad. He does. It's, like, the last thing that he needs to do before he leaves this earth. You can tell that he signed on for this role after the Jada Pinkett Smith ordeal. Yeah, he was like, "Yeah, I want to play this. this yeah, I need this part. I need, I need, this. I need this. I need this Oscar. I just, I need something in my life." Right. He's been a broken man for the last like five years. There were very clear, very clearly, there was two or three scenes where I was like, "Oh, these are the scenes where he's trying to win an Oscar." Yeah, there were there were like two or three Oscar reel scenes. Yes, just right. Um, Emotion. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, and it's it's great. It's great to see him like that. I thought he was very good. And before we even talk about the movie, I, you know, let's I talk about let's talk about Will Smith. Yeah, uh, because we did an I Am Legend episode mm -hmm. on the volume on the live volumes. streams. Yeah. Yes, the volumes uh, a few weeks back, and Will Smith himself was a, obviously a big topic of the discussion and sort of his career trajectory and like who he yeah. is and, and what he's about. Um, and I believe I said this on that episode, I'm going to repeat myself, I'm going to say it again. He has gone on record saying that, and, and what I liked was that this movie didn't feel like this fell into that category. Mm -hmm. When you hire Will Smith, you're hiring a brand. Yeah. Um, and I always thought that was so interesting. Um, but that doesn't feel like it's the case with this. This feels like here's an actor yeah. who cares about what he's doing and he's trying to be authentic and do the best job he can. Yeah. So... I was very pleased to see that. Uh, I felt like if it was any other actor or somebody lesser, I feel like the movie really wouldn't have worked at all. Yeah, that's that's a that's a fair point. Mm -hmm. I th this might be a con controversial thing to say, might stir up some controversy with this, but I don't think Will Smith is that good of an actor. I think he's a very charismatic dude. I think he has a lot of great screen presence. It's great for something like I Am Legend or Hitch or Independence Day, like all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But Will Smith is, you know, for as great as, as a person, you know, role model brand as he is, he's not, he's not someone with like deep acting chops, which is okay because he started off as like a mediocre rapper who parlayed that into, I think I talked about this in the mm -hmm. I Am Legend. He was a mediocre rapper, parlayed that into a sitcom role where he was like pretty good in. And then he parlayed that into being the biggest action movie star in the world. And then he tried to parlay that into being like a really good, deep, emotional, dramatic actor. And he's just, it's, it's like you said, it's so nice to see him trying. Mm -hmm. He's trying so hard. He is. He wants it, man. He fucking wants it. He really does. But I just don't know if he'll ever fully get there. Like, Pursuit of Happiness was a, a bit of an anomaly. Mm -hmm. Like, that was just perfect script, perfect director, perfect role for him. Like, that was the peak of what Will Smith can be. And he's just, he's chasing it, man. He's chasing it so it, hard. It's funny you say that because... You watch this film, King Richard, yeah. and, you know, there's Will Smith, and he's bloated, yeah. and he's got a raggedy gray beard, and his eyes are bloodshot, yeah. and he's got bags under his eyes, and he's a little chunky, and he's got, like, a, a hitch in his step, yeah. and, like, his shoulders are cockeyed. And in spite of all of that, you're like, oh, that's Will Smith. Yeah, it's Will Smith. <laughs> it's Will Smith. Um, it, which is interesting, because it's like, I thought his work in this was good. Mm -hmm. I think he will get nominated. I don't think he'll win. No. Um, I I hope he gets a pity win. Yeah. I th I think that I think that if the movie well, and we'll get into the movie itself in a moment, mm -hmm. but I think that if the movie overall were better, his chances yeah. would be better. I can see that. The one thing I will say in just like like Oscar watch territory because we're, we're we're at that point we are of the calendar year indeed. 
I don't know if there have been like any standout performances in like any standout movies. Nothing's really There's popping been, into my mind. At least from things that I've seen and things that are like kind of on the radar. There's there's no like clear front runner. No. You know? No. There's if there is a year for him to to win in just like a that ah, we'll we'll give it to Will Smith kind of a year. Right. This is this is it. I feel like if and of course it'd be a completely different movie because the movie is ultimately about him. Mm-hmm. Even though it's a movie about the the Williams sisters, the movie yeah. is about him. Mm-hmm. Um I think if but then again, who then really would be the protagonist? You can't, you know, I guess maybe these little girls, but if yeah. he was if he was a supporting role, mm. then I think he would definitely have a very high chance of winning. Yeah. But the lead actor and lead actress category is it's it's even if it's your best yeah. work. I feel like supporting is usually more stacked. It's stacked because you get character actors or actresses mm-hmm. and they have obviously less material mm-hmm. than protagonists do and so they chew on the scenery a lot more yeah those categories are always very very tough yeah um something like this though you know what the more i think about it it's also it's easy to win in a biopic yes it's really easy to do like the the side-by-side comparison of like here's the real person Mm -hmm. here's the performance look at how close the performance is to you know, this archive footage of, of the real dude. Right. And like the word, you know, Oscar voters, I, I don't think are like the smartest people in the world. And that's just a really easy, like flashy thing for them to, to latch on to. Right. That's why Rami Malek won for Freddie Mercury. Right. In like a, an awful movie and a decent to subpar performance. Well, it's mimicry at that point, right? Yeah, it's not even it's not even really acting. It's just yeah, it's it's mimicry. Like, mm-hmm. oh, he he does the voice and he says like he says boint weird. Right. So right. like that's it, gold. It's, Give it's, it to him. It's funny you say that because while I was at the end of this film, like most biopics, yeah. they show archival footage yeah. of the sisters and of the family and the father. Whoa. And it's like, wow, look, Will Smith did walk like him. Yeah. Will Smith did look like him. Will Smith did talk like him. Um, and it's funny because as the credits were rolling and they were showing the flashes of this archival footage, the whole time I was thinking, oh, Will's prep for this movie was he just sat down, watched <laughs> the guy, and then just copied how he acted. Um, yeah, like, oh, which isn't, okay. like, that's not necessarily acting. Right. Right? Like, right. you're supposed to, like, elevate what's on the page and dig deep and do certain things with your with your face and your eyes and your body language to like convey certain emotions and feelings and stuff. And you can do that in a biopic, Mm -hmm. but it's also just, it's easy to just do copy paste and like mimic movements. Right. Right. Uh, that said, I'm going to say one more thing. Do it. Um, and then I think we should probably chat about the film proper. So it's not a, a Will Smith. Dude, fuck the film proper. <laughs> the film proper. A 45-minute Will Smith podcast. Yeah. About him desperately trying to win an Oscar. Um, I thought that he got most of the way there. I think the material held him back. Yeah. A little bit. I think it, but what you said about him being a charismatic movie star is 100% true. Um, and it's hard, I think, as viewers to see him in anything and not, like we were saying, yeah, oh, like, it's, it's Will Smith. Yeah. That said, um, those couple of scenes we talked about, I thought he did do very good work in, yeah. for the most part. Those, like, Oscar reel scenes? Yes. I didn't love them, because it was just sure. so obvious. Yes, that, that is true. I guess... This is just for clipping. Right. right. Yeah. I guess, you know, we're Our so... Our daughters do their homework. Yeah, right. I am dad. This is where I yell at... This is the scene where I yell at the police. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh... I guess because we're so starved for good performances this year, maybe this was like the first time where I was like, oh, that stood out Yeah. compared to, I don't know, Jeremy Renner and Hawkeye, <laughs> I guess. Have you watched Hawkeye? No, <laughs> not at all. Dude, the dog is Mephisto. Is he? 
I don't fucking know. No, the dog's Nick Fury, dude. <laughs> one eye, the one-eyed dog. It's very clearly a... The dog is a... What are they? The Krolls? Krolls? Scrolls? Scrolls? Scrolls, that's right. Yeah. The Scrolls. Um, okay. The movie proper. The movie proper. <laughs> um, I, I, I said this to you... I did, did I say this to you before, or did I say this while we were recording? The, the, Whatever, the, say it. The, the say issue... I, I think I said this before we were recording. The issue with biopics, especially ones about people who succeed, mm-hmm. in this case, a very, two extremely famous sports icons, is that you build this film and this narrative about struggling mm-hmm. and working your way up and trying to support your family, and trying to be the best, and trying not to fail. Yeah. And those are all compelling things for a movie. Yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Be- Certainly could be. Indeed. <laughs> the the inherent issue, mm-hmm. I think, with biopics, is that... Biopics. The, biopics. <laughs> in the case... Who- People actually, biopic, biopic. I think it's biopic. I think it's because bi- it's a picture. biography picture. Picture, yeah. right? Biopic is silly. In in the case of this, we know they succeed. We know who Venus and Serena Williams are. Mm-hmm. Um, as a casual, typical, even if you're not a typical audience viewer, yeah. the majority of people who live on this planet are not famous, yeah. nor are they rich. True. So, when you're watching a film where you know that the people who are struggling become rich and famous, yeah. it's hard to really give a shit yeah, about, about their struggle. Yeah. But I think, I guess then that's like, that's why the movie is about Richard Williams and not the two of them. Like, if you're going to make a movie about this story, it has to be through the framework of, like, their dad. And I guess you can do uh, a phrase that I despise. You could do a character study movie. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think that's the intention here. It's yeah. like this is just a, a Richard Williams character study of who this dude is, who this dude, or I guess, was. I don't know if he's passed or if he's still with us. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good question. I have no idea. Let me look it up. Um, but, but, yeah, it's like you, you, you have to frame it through that as opposed to these two girls and it's also it would also be super hard because then you'd have to rely on two child actors to carry you know for the most part the story and the plot line and the the movie really like the movie has to would have to run through them and it's easier to have will smith be the anchor of your movie than than two kids right it's just it's an easier thing most people most most people walking the earth are, you know, not rich and famous, but also most people know who Venus and Serena Williams are. Like, mm-hmm. sports fan, not a sports fan, no matter where you live, like, you've, you you know who these two women are. Right. Not everyone knows who Richard Williams is. We don't know his story. We don't know what kind of person he is or was. Um, so, like, that's, that's the only way that you can frame this mm-hmm. if you want it to be even remotely interesting. So I guess I get that. That's why, you know, it's it's kind of done that way. Right. But um everything you just said, yeah, no, you're succinct and I agree. And he I did look, just look it up. He is still alive. Okay. He's still alive. Um this is this is hard for me because, you know, as a movie to talk about kind of yeah. Well, I'm okay. So I'm in the entertainment business, right? Yeah. I know what it means to be a dreamer. Mm-hmm. I know what it means to like aspire to succeed in mm-hmm. that capacity. And movies where it happens are movies. Mm-hmm. This is based on on you know something that really happened, and yeah. these two women became two of the greatest yeah. uh, athletes yeah. of, of all time, um, and that's amazing. What interests me more Mm -hmm. is a story about all the other people who try and what it means to give everything, maybe even more than these people did, and it's still not enough. Well, 
Okay, that's a that's a good point. I don't know if you've ever seen this movie, but I would definitely recommend it. It's another sports movie. It's not based on a true story. It's called Sugar. Mm. It's about this Dominican baseball player who, you know, it's like a typical story. He gets discovered in the DR, like he's dirt poor when he's like 14. He has all of this weight and pressure put on him to, you know, be the next big thing. He goes through a struggle. He's struggling with, you know, with expectations of greatness, with trying to, you know, be successful um, and all that stuff. And I think at the end of the movie, he like just falls short. He like makes it to triple A baseball or he like just makes it into the major leagues. Like he doesn't become the greatest pitcher of all time. And that's a way more interesting story Mm -hmm. of like someone dealing with all of that adversity and like what they do with it. And it's not just a foregone conclusion that, you know, oh, he's going to be Pedro Martinez or whatever. Like this is a a real story, not a real story. It's a fake story about a real dude, about real things that has a realistic outcome. And it's still a bit of a triumph at the end. And it doesn't have to end with, you know, being the greatest of all time. Right. Which is like, like you said, that's, that's a bit more interesting Mm -hmm. than, okay, these two people are extremely talented and they grew up in the same house and their dad pushed them to be as great as they ended up being. Right. Cause there's thousands of sports dads. There's millions of sports, sports parents who push their kids and live vicariously through them and have want them to live out all of the dreams that, that they never, that they never, you know, fully realized. But most of the time it, it doesn't happen because your kids aren't that talented. Right. It's true. Right. Everybody wants their kids to, you know, yeah. do what they couldn't or yeah. what they wish they could do. Um, that actually kickstarted a thought I had when I was watching the film earlier. That's related to soul, mm-hmm. but I'm going to come back to that in a second. Okay. Um, you you raise a very good point. There's, there's more than one way to succeed mm-hmm. in the world, to be triumphant. In the case of this film, Sugar, you're just talking about, not being the best and still succeeding and being enough and being happy with that yeah. is triumphant. Yeah. Uh, somebody who goes to work on a minimum wage salary and is still able to support their family and put their kids through school, that's a triumph. Yeah. Um, those things are amazing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's interesting about all that and what you were just saying, um, he's, a, he's a coach, right? Richard Williams, he's a coach. He's a teacher. Yeah. It got me thinking about, you know, soul Mm -hmm. and the discussion we had about soul with like, what is more, like, what is, what is, what is valiant about that? Like how, how incredible is that to cultivate talent or Mm -hmm. success or the next generation of people and see potential in people and you know, suss that out of them and make them become the best they could be. Uh, And what's interesting is this film sort of tiptoes into the, oh, he did, he was so overbearing and did it too much, but that never really seemed to be the case with how it was portrayed. The girls seemed to love what they were doing. So it, and the crazy neighbor thing never really went anywhere. She called the cops on them or whatever. It's like the, like what you're saying with soul and this other movie, Sugar, it's like it's like an internal versus external sort of thing. And movies are, for the most part, like when movies are the most interesting, it's because they like tell us something about our humanity and they they reach something that's deep down inside of us that we like don't know is there or is there and it like taps into to whatever. Um, but like this movie, the triumph at the end, it's all like external. They're you know, they get a lot of money, they become, they, they won a bunch of tennis tournaments and, you know, they're, they're the greatest athletes of all time. And he did that, but there's no, at the end of this movie, there's no like internal sort of like satisfaction that we as viewers can see from Richard. Right. It's not like, Oh, like I feel, I feel, I feel fulfilled or Richard feels fulfilled, not because he's changed as a person, but because his daughters make a lot of money mm-hmm. and like, right. that's not, that's not as interesting to people because they can't relate to that. Like not all of us have the external, the external, the external thing of, Oh, wow. Like 
I did all that stuff and now I'm a millionaire. Most of us have the internal of, I tried my hardest and I am now a better person because of that. Right. And that is relatable. Yeah. And this movie could have done that, mm -hmm. um, but it didn't. I think what's, I get that the whole point is that he saw this in them. He was right. Yeah. He trained them, whatever. Against some of the best coaches in the world, he disagreed with, and that's why they became as great as they were. Great. And the movie keeps saying, oh, as Richard planned. Richard planned this. Yeah. This was all part of Richard's plan. He wrote it down. He wrote it part of the plan. All part of Richard's plan. Even the last fucking text yeah. in the movie is like, all oh, part of Richard's <laughs> plan. Um, and I was just scratching my head thinking about that, and I was just like, there's so many parents that yeah. have plans mm -hmm. and do this, and it fails and doesn't work out. It, Bo Burnham, I think he, I can't remember if it was Jimmy Fallon or what show he was on or Conan or whatever. Yeah. He says, you know, he, he criticizes celebrities, athletes, and famous and rich people saying, you can do it too. You just have to work hard. He, yeah. he says all, he says, I would never give my fans that advice. I got lucky is what he says. Yeah. And that's, that's what happened. Venus and Serena Williams didn't get lucky. They yeah. were incredibly talented people who yeah. were built for the sport. Richard Williams got lucky yeah. that he happened to father two daughters yeah. to do what he wanted. That's there's a there's like a really funny you know Stephen A. Smith right? Yeah, the, the sports dude. He has a really funny quote that seems ridiculous on it on the surface, but is like actually like pretty smart when you think about it. He says. He said, the American dream isn't LeBron James or Jay-Z. Like, that's not what you should aspire to be. You should aspire to be Stephen A. Smith. I'm the American dream. And he, what he's saying is, like, LeBron James and Jay-Z are, like, two exceptional people. They were born with insane gifts that the most, most of us don't have. Mm -hmm. um, and no matter how hard you work... Like, you're not going to be LeBron James if you're not 6'10", 250, and can run like a freight train. Like, right. you're you're never going to be that no matter how hard you work. But if you do work really hard, you could, you know, be Stephen A. Smith and be a super respectable person within your, within your field. And, like, it doesn't matter how hard your parents push you. If you're not born with, like, the God-given talent that Serena and, and Venus have – you're not going to be the best tennis player in the world. Like you can still work really hard and you might fall short, but like you shouldn't feel bad about yourself because you still tried your damnedest. Right. And yeah, Richard Williams just got really, really lucky. He could have pushed his kids. And if they weren't, you know, if they didn't have the gifts to be amazing athletes, then they would be like, maybe just like professional tennis players. Right. Who never win any major tournaments or anything. Right. Um, and ultimately what that amounts to is the film ends and like, what does Richard learn? He learns that he, you know, should put his family first, I guess. I don't think he learns anything. He just learns that he, that he was, he was right. right. Yeah. yeah. That he wins and, and the rest of us lose. And that is ultimately the flaw with the composition yeah. of scenes yeah. <laughs> and story arcs and yeah. films. So he doesn't change. No, he doesn't change at all. But there are... The, I think the most frustrating thing about this movie is that there, I think we were talking about this before we turned the mics on. Um, there are moments in this movie that are like kind of interesting and kind of introduce like, like elements and ideas of scenes and mm -hmm. Richard growing and, you know, things happening where you go, ah, okay, that's cool. But it never, they're so like far and few between that it, it feels like more, it feels like a breath of fresh air. And then everything else is just, it's just like, it's just there for like the sake of being there. Mm -hmm. um, like with movies like this, I just think this could have been a documentary. This could have been a book and I would have gotten all the same information. Like, yes, it's cool to, to know some of the specifics and the details of, you know, how they grew up and what Richard was like and their relationship with him. But in a Hollywood movie, it's always going to be Hollywoodified. And I could just like, if I want those details, I can just read a biography. Right. Because this movie isn't, this movie isn't bringing anything to the table. It's not telling the story to, to dig deeper and like give us something interesting through 
the medium of, of, you know, narrative film. It's just like, oh, we're just going to use the medium of narrative film to, to tell you that Venus and Serena's dad was really hard on them. And that's why they, they are the best tennis players in the world. Right. It's like, that's boring. It is boring. Yes. <laughs> that's not what, that's not what, that's not what, that's not the purpose of movies. That's not what movies are for. Like, if you're going to make a movie about, about someone's life, you need to do what, what fiction, fictional movies do and, like, tell us something about our souls. Right. Like, do what soul does. You Use the camera <laughs> to communicate something to us. <laughs> In any capacity. <laughs> do anything. A single, a single time. I was, I'm sure you got this too, but like, as people who watch movies for the sake of reviewing them, like, you watch the camera work, you watch the editing, you look out for scenes, you mm-hmm. look at how it's written and presented to us. It's like, okay, like, what is this, what is this stuff trying to tell me? And the answer is nothing. It's, it's not. It's just, yeah. it, it, it's just servicing a story. Right. The camera, they're on set. They plop the camera down and they're just like, okay, now this is where they're going to watch Will Smith be Richard Williams. (laughs) Exactly. And it's like, if you're not going to, if you're not going to take the story and and like elevate it through filmmaking, just give me a a book. Right. I would get all of the same information and I would have the same understanding of the story if I, if I read a book. As if I watch this movie, I want to watch a movie to like, to feel that I'm watching a movie, to feel that someone wants to communicate something interesting to me through, through cinema. In, in that regard, and I knew the scene was coming. Mm-hmm. I, was, I knew it was inevitable. What did you think about the husband-wife kitchen scene? Oh. I I didn't hate it. I kind of enjoyed it. That was like one of the scenes that felt like there was something going on. Going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, going on as opposed to just like getting us to the next progression in the girls' tennis career. Right. Like, oh, they're going to camp and they got a new coach. But no, this is like two characters who are coming from, you know, two different points of view and they have a scene together, they have a conversation where we get some insight into Mm -hmm. who these characters are, what they're thinking, what they're feeling, how they relate to one another. We get some insight into the wife and who she is. Right. And that was cool. And there weren't enough scenes like that. There were no scenes like that with the girls. No. Just like, you're going to go to practice. And, but also you have to do your homework because I'm your dad and I know what's best for you. Right. Spell Albuquerque. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, fuck off. Um, you're absolutely right. What uh, does that do for us? Nothing. It's like, yes. Oh, the parents want their kids to do homework. That's yeah. a great thing. <laughs> I've never <laughs> seen that before. Never lived that in my life. Absolutely wild. Um, yes. I think that scene in particular is one of the ones we're referring to. Um, so, you know, we can talk about the the race side of it and mm-hmm. whether that's portrayed well or not. But fundamentally in terms of a scene in a film, it's one of the few points where, like you said, we get insight. We learn mm-hmm. about these people. We learn information yeah. we didn't know previously. We learn their perspectives. And in any good scene, what's great about this one is their adversaries. They both want different things. Yeah. And when you inject adversity into your protagonist, that makes for drama. (laughs) Very, very bizarre concept. Indeed. To, to introduce. Right. To filmmaking. Because, and that's, I think that's why that scene stands out so much as much as it does compared to the other scenes in the film because yes, Richard has a, people. Richard has pushback from the coaches and the agents or whatever. Yeah, but it doesn't matter because he always says no and he always gets his way. So it doesn't do anything. It doesn't put him in a difficult position. There's no real conflict there, right? There's no actual. Yeah, there's no actual. There's nothing for like him butting up against with his wife. 
there is. Right. He can't walk away from that. Yeah. It's, the scene is literally about walking away. Yeah. And that's what all the other scene. He just walks so away and the scene's that, over. Yeah. So the scene was like kind of funny in that yeah. regard. It's like, you can't walk away from this. You have to do the scene. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which I thought was, oh, that's kind of cheeky. There's yeah. no way that's intentional. No, but, but, <laughs> but it's funny. Definitely not intentional. Yeah. Um, There's little intention in this in this movie, right? Right. Um, the, there was there was one other good scene. I don't um, I don't know if if you felt the same way, but the the moment after Richard almost gets his his head blown off by mm-hmm. by the Compton gangbangers. Right. Tell me if you've heard this trope before. Mm. The hood is bad. Indeed. <laughs> There are scary people all around, and they will beat you up. Right. And you have to be tough. Um, but, uh, but after they beat him up, and he, he like, tracks down the dudes, he pulls over the van, he pulls out his gun, and he's getting ready to go, you know, clap back, so to speak, at, at the dude. Indeed. Um, <laughs> and, like, I don't know how intentional this was, because I, I do think that, like, for the most part, this was a, a fairly like rudimentary like di- directing sort of uh effort by whoever directed it I don't even know their name um but in, in that scene that scene is like kind of interesting because like the whole setup of the movie is that he doesn't want his kids to to like to live a life on the streets in in Compton he wants them away from all that he wants them to be to be better than that to rise above it but in that moment like he gets dragged down into all the bullshit right it, it's showing us that Richard is no better than than what he's preaching against. Like he is as much and can be as much a part of that system as 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 much as he's trying to like fight against that. Mm-hmm. And we never come back to that. No. And like that's a, that is he was ready to kill someone. He, yeah, he was, he, or or at least like seriously injure the dude, right, or threaten like, him or whatever. Yeah, he but he was ready to like do hood shit, which is the the, the thing that he. <laughs> That he doesn't want his daughters doing, and it's like, God, that's an interesting aspect of of right. the film. Like right. the fact that Richard, as much as he preaches it, isn't above that. No, and that's why it's scary for his daughters. Like, give us more of that. Right, and then it, it, we just we get that one moment, and then it's just totally neglected for the rest of the movie. Was that? I mean, I've you know I've never read much about Richard Williams, so I don't know how much of this is fabricated or not. That felt like an embellishment. I think it it did feel like an embellishment, but I was but, I was there for it because but, but, if you're making a movie, you know, and you want to talk about certain, you know, themes and you want to have scenes about that, um, like that was that was a good piece of filmmaking in an otherwise lackluster right film because it's a character moment exactly we're learning something about a character without any dialogue yeah just what you're seeing imagine <laughs> that um incredible uh i i think we said this one before we were recording it's just pr- the, what sets that scene up is the the gangbanger yeah. threatens richard yeah and it's like i'm gonna me and the homies are gonna run a train on your daughter or whatever he says yeah. and that of course instills yeah. rage in richard and yeah. he swings around and hits him in the face with a tennis racket a couple yeah. of times to which the gangbanger yeah. then takes his pistol yeah. and puts it to the back of richard's head and threatens yeah. him what i said to you was <laughs> i didn't grow up in the hood yeah. but <laughs> if i feel like if a gangbanger uh, is of a status where someone's going to drive by and kill him to eliminate him for some reason. He's not the kind of person that would let himself get hit with a tennis racket and then not shoot the person yeah, that does. Especially that. in a place where there are no witnesses, right? From yeah, from, I also didn't grow up in the hood, but from from what I understand from hood politics, that's that's not how it would go down. No, Richard <laughs> Williams would have died on yeah. that tennis court. And- <laughs> We need to bring in a hood expert. Indeed. indeed. Dan, intern Dan, <laughs> we need your, ex- your expertise, please. Um, what What was funny, well, ultimately, that scene ended in me laughing because yeah. these gangbangers with their guns yeah. leave Richard there and they push his tennis cart over yeah. and all the balls spill yeah, everywhere. And I was like, balls, ooh, bitch. you showed him. Yeah. Like, what is this, the elementary school, like, yeah. <laughs> bullying? <laughs> this is very funny to me. Pick up your balls. Yeah. You I was like, bitch. oh, no, not all his tennis balls. Yeah. <laughs> this is 
shit. Yeah. But um, that, those two scenes are are interesting. Yeah. Otherwise, right? Because there's drama happening. Yeah. There's drama happening. Um. Uh, and you know, I think the film we sort of talked about this in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I mean, I think this movie deals with the politics of that way better than Falcon and Winter Soldier do. Yeah. Uh, for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, but I feel like they went there. They they weren't fully there. Like I I, I think yeah. the, the the fact is that the movie didn't really know what it wanted to be about. Yeah, I think you know? that was the issue because the first part of the movie, it's like that whole I I can't let my kids succumb to the streets of Compton mm. thing. We get that scene. I was like, okay, this is a cool this is a cool direction. If we, if this is where we want to go, and then it's just we got a coach and he's you know fucking John McEnroe's coach and then we got another coach and he coaches the best tennis players in the world and okay I don't want them to play juniors because I think that's what's best for them and that's the plan blah 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 and then Venus is a good tennis player right like it, it just it gets away, it gets away from all of that at the end right. it's kind of like like the second half of the movie like once Bernthal shows up it's a different, completely different movie. It's a completely different movie. And, like, that last, like, hour and 20 minutes, it's just, like, it's just a retread of the same mm -hmm. same shit over and over again. Right. Of, like, here's what you should do. Here's what I want to do. Here's what you should do. Here's what I want to do. Constantly. It's, and, like, Constantly. I, don't need, I don't need two and a half hours of that. It, it, it felt... And there's a and there's a way to 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 mesh all of these things into being one movie, but mm -hmm. it felt it felt like there was one movie about the struggles of being a father, another movie about the struggles of succeeding um in a profession where your skin color dictates your success um and then then there there, there was one other. I, I, I completely lost it. But with those yeah. two in regard, it just, it felt like, and they never really came together yeah. to form one full package. It was kind of like half of each of those yeah. things. It was like, like the race stuff, at least it felt very, uh, it felt like a, a watered down kind of conversation about it, which is like, okay. I was kind of I was thinking about this while watching it. I was I was definitely thinking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, I was thinking about just you know, uh, not to get too much into it, but everything that's happened last year. I'll just leave it at that, and like mm. how we now in media and movies and shit want more diverse stories being told and all that good stuff. We want stories of black excellence. And I feel like 2021 is like kind of the year of diverse mediocrity. Mm. Like not like I was when I watch like something like Falcon and the Winter Soldier or something, I think like, oh, this is so bad. Like I want my representation diversity to look like Get Out or Moonlight mm. or like Blind Spotting. Like I want it to be like really heavy, well-made, like just fucking spicy filmmaking. I think I'm at a point where I think that progress is just mediocre mainstream. You, It's like In the Heights, yeah. Shang-Chi, this. And it's like, maybe it doesn't all need to be top tier stuff. Maybe progress is yeah. people of color getting to make mediocre mainstream movies. It's this weird, this weird sort of double-edged sword, what you're describing. It's diversity for the masses. Yeah. And what's so bizarre about it is that, yes, it is a, it is a great thing. Yeah. Um, these stories about diverse people are now in the mainstream and they're yeah. essentially commercially successful because it's just the same stories we've always had, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, with people of color yeah. or different ethnicities. And that's great. Yeah. But what the other edge of that sword, which is something we have to deal with because of the people, the, the powers that be that control yeah. Hollywood and are now using diversity as a product, yeah. <laughs> um, is that they have no intention of, like what you said, really digging deep into it, yeah. like the get outs. Yeah. They have no intention of really uh, exploring it or conveying it in such a way 
that's really authentic yeah. to the experience of what it means to be a diverse yeah. individual. Or like injecting this weird thing called nuance, mm. <laughs> mm. which like, you know, is a thing that good movies have. Yes. Um, and I don't know, but yeah, I guess it kind of is a double-edged sword. Like, I don't know if that's, uh, if that's a spicy thing to say that, you know, uh, that I don't love when, you know, diverse in movies with representation are, are just like kind of bland, but it's like white people have been getting to make bland movies for right forever. Of so, course. you know, give me in the Heights. Yeah, of course. Give me King Richard. That's cool. Like right. it doesn't need to be the most amazing thing that I've ever seen and like shake me to my core. I, I, I guess it's good to, to have movies like the, this. The, the fact of the matter, I think, is that a mediocre film mm -hmm. about, you know, being a minority will always be more interesting than a mediocre <laughs> film about being a white person. <laughs> and, like, white people doing white people stuff. Yeah. yeah. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Nobody fucking cares. But that, that's kind of how I feel about this movie. Like, I don't really... At the end yeah. of the day, like, I watch this movie and I don't totally give a shit about it. Right. And... Maybe that's good. I think that, in a way, is progress. You're absolutely right. Go watch. Go yeah. watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and there's a black person, and he's dealing with being a black man in America, and it's poorly made, but everyone and their fucking mother watches it. So, like, great, cool. That is progress. We yeah. got three Iron Man movies, so like, why not give us three Captain Falcon movies? What you're saying, actually, the 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 button on my feeling towards this movie you're, you're, mm -hmm. you're describing, um, is that what I said before, diversity for the masses. This, I feel like this is the kind of film that a lot of average moviegoers will see mm -hmm. and think of as high art simply because of the subject matter. Yeah. Even though in terms of its composition, it's not <laughs> yeah. even remotely close to that. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a perfect way to put it. Mm -hmm. It's... Um... Which is, yeah, like, for the most part, the masses don't, they're not going to get to, like, a Moonlight yeah. or Get Out. Right. But they'll get to a King Richard. Oh, Will Smith is in it? I know who Will Smith is. I'll watch this movie. I know who Venus and Serena Williams are. Oh, this is a movie about being black in America. That is, that that's heady stuff that right. they're doing there. That's, that's big, but it's really... Right. Like, if you're watching it as a movie, it's, this is, I'm trying to think of, like, a mediocre, like, this is, like, a, what's the movie that, the other HBO Max movie that we did earlier this year with, I think John Bernthal was in it. The, um, the, 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 oh, those who the, wish those, me dead. Yeah. Which this is, like, a little bit better, but, like, oh, they're yeah. the same, they're essentially, like, in the same realm, category, tier Yes. yes. They're just bland and there. That's it. One just happens to be about successful black people. Right. So that makes it cooler. I guess so. <laughs> Raph, how yeah. would you rate out of five King Richard? I would rate it as a two and a half out of five. It is as a movie, it's it's there. Um that's it. <laughs> Great. Um, what would you read? You you are a little more critical than me, actually. Mm -hmm. um, I'm giving. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give this movie a soft three. Is that mostly five. for Will Smith's performance? Yes. Um, if it weren't for him, this would be like a two. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, I'm gonna give it three Wimbledons out of five. Yeah, I'm giving it two and a half uh, tennis rackets <laughs> out of five. Uh, I think that if I watch it again, first of all, this is not the kind of movie I think I'd ever want to watch again. No, it's um, it's too long for yeah. for what it is. I just, I find biopics to be like the least interesting form. It's just it's it's lazy, yeah. frankly. Um, and if you're gonna do it, like you got to do something that's really interesting and, mm -hmm. and really spicy and breathe like well that's just any movie you got to breathe life into it and it's so easy to not breathe life into a biopic right because it's just oh and we you brought up um 
You brought up John Bernthal. He's a huge part of the movie. We hardly talked about him. Yeah, we, we hardly talked about him. Um, I'm going to say one thing about him. I yeah. thought he played, I texted you this, I thought yeah. he played against type in yeah. this, and I thought he was great. I thought he, yeah, I thought he was great. great. It's like, it, Will, yeah. Will Smith trying his damnedest, John Bernthal doing his thing, mm-hmm. not bad. He probably yeah. was just like, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, I get to him. play opposite Will Smith, sure. Yeah, sure. And yeah. I get to meet Venus and Serena Williams. Yeah. Cool. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'll do that. Every Absolutely. everything else about this movie is like the script is meh. Mm-hmm. The direction is like non existent. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's non existent. There's just there's nothing there. This the, right. I don't know who directed it. God bless your soul, but um, what, whatever, whatever school he went to, the class was you put the camera here and then you say action. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, do you, do you even want to make the movie? Right. Right. Do you, are you at all interested in filmmaking, or are right. you just are you just there? <laughs> so true. So true. <laughs> well, that's King Richard. Um, I guess I would recommend it. If you've got, if you have HBO Max and you're like Will Smith, give it a watch. Yeah, if you're interested in, if you know who Venus and Serena Williams yeah. are, give it a watch. Yeah. Do you kind of learn about their childhood? Right. It's just give, give me like a ESPN thirty for thirty right. instead. Right. Give give me that over this any any day of the week, <laughs> and that'll be more interesting. Because at least with a documentary, like no one's pretending. To be making a movie. Right. <laughs> Speaking of pretending, Raph, yeah. who are you? Where can we find you? I pretend to be Raph. <laughs> and I, you can find me pretending on the internet. Because what else is the internet for besides pretending? Um, I'm on Instagram and Twitter, at Raphstit, all one word, R-A-F-S-T-I-T-T, Twitter and Instagram. Also, we found on Letterboxd, reviewing movies and shit. Making lists. I'll I'll update my 2021 watches with King Richard at some point. Um, there I, I'm at Rafston as well. Very Michael, nice. where can we find you? Like you said, I am Michael. You can find me on the Instagram at Michael underscore Romeo underscore Rocco underscore. That's R U O C C O. Michael Romeo Rocco underscores in between and at the end. You can also find me on Twitter and Letterbox at Michael underscore Rocco, doing the same thing Raf does, although not as well. And you can find both of us here at Straight to DVD, the podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. Raf, it was good to be back. Dude, it's good to be back in the classic setting. I'm going to do one last plug for Yes, us. plug us. Because it's December. Yes. It's December time, which means Christmas is coming up. Yes. Which means you got to get gifts for people, which means you should check out our merch store. Yes. And buy your friends and family straight to DVD merchandise. We got sweatshirts. We got mugs. We got pins. We got stickers. All of that shit. Yeah. Everything. Buy it all. Buy all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Last minute gifts. Buy your whole family straight to DVD hoodies. There you go. They'll love it. They will. They'll be like, what the fuck is this? Right. <laughs> Who the fuck is this yeah. for? <laughs> I don't like movies. Yeah. Fuck movies. Movies suck. Except for yeah. that Will Smith movie. Yeah, I like Will Smith. Yeah. I like tennis. Yeah. <laughs> Do people like tennis? I don't think so. This is this this is like the only tennis movie. Is this the definitive su- tennis movie? I'm surprised of, there's of not a time. movie about John McEnroe. Yeah, I guess that could be interesting. Yeah. But but he's white, so probably not. Yeah, because biopics fucking suck. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see you next time. Later.